radio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4054 of The Bugle, the world's primary and leading and indeed only audio newspaper for a visual world for the week beginning Monday, the 25th of December, which means... It's Bugle Christmas special time, and what a collection of gifts we have for you today. Firstly, what's in this package? Yes, it's me, Andy Zaltzman, and joining me here in London, let's see who's in this one. It's Alice Fraser. Hello, Andy. Hello, hello, Alice. Um... Uh, how are you? Well, I'd say that. I've been seeing you every night at my Soho, Soho show in uh, a range of uh, different guises, um, which has been uh, been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the shit out of it, Andy. Oh, good, good. And most of the audiences have, I think, as well. Um, more on this later. And coming to us live from Los Angeles, it's the International Fugitive <laughs> of the Year 2017. Catch her if you can, Interpol. You've got nothing on her. It's the sister who's being Mr. Lot uh, in Aww. my house in London. <laughs> the, uh, the scribbling sibling, the fount of all wisdom, Helen Zaltzman. Hello, Andy. Uh, could could I have a glass of water? I've been in that box for a lot of weeks. I'll email you one. How uh, how have your travels been, Helen? Oh, very nice, Andy. Very nice. I'm in uh, USA at the moment. Nothing happening here. Very peaceful place. <laughs> how was uh, how was South America? Oh, it's it's delightful. The internet didn't work that much, so I had no idea what was happening in the rest of the world. It was uh, a real tonic to the psyche. And also, I ate piranha ribs. Piranha ribs? Yes. Right, the actual bones of the piranha, or the flesh around the bones? The flesh around the bones of a giant piranha. Was it alive? They were cooked. Or, oh, right, okay. It, it was, was not an alive It piranha. was non-consensually dead and cooked. Right, it wasn't kill or be killed <laughs> swimming across the Amazon. <laughs> I didn't, like, punch it in the throat and then eat its ribs in a kind of primal display of superiority. But that was strongly implied. Is that how you you disarm a piranha? Is that punching it in the throat? Because presumably you did all the research for this before going to South America where piranhas live on every street corner. Yeah. Um, I would not wholeheartedly recommend it as an approach to buglers. But maybe if you can put a muzzle on the piranha, you can disarm them whatever way you want. Right. It's just getting the muzzle on is a challenge. Right. Okay. Uh, FYI. Thank you, F, yeah. And then, of course, Muzzle Tov is the greeting after. Oh, Christmas. hello. Um, uh, so this is Bugle 4054 for the week beginning, as I said, Monday the 25th of December. Uh, of course, some significant anniversaries. The birthdays, famously, of Jesus Christ and struggling England opening batsman Alistair Cook. And statistics show, coincidentally, that faith in both men in England is at an all-time low. <laughs> um 
in uh, the year 336 was the first recorded celebration of Christmas in Rome uh, when Pope Julius I got drunk, pulled up a conifer tree in the Vatican Garden, put it in his living room, hid behind it as a prank, told his cardinals that God had turned him into a tree as a miracle, covered his pet snake Alfonso in gold-painted bearskin body sock as a treat. Uh, Alphonse climbed into the tree in terror, hence tinsel. Uh, don't ask where baubles come from. Uh, Julius then ate far too much food and fell asleep in front of the telly. And that was the first ever Christmas uh, on the 25th of December it's not just Christmas of course there are other days as well in India it is good governance day uh, that is one day of the year in uh, in which India gives a shit about good governance it was established in 2014 arguably late is it um, working <laughs> I'm not sure judging from what Anuvab has been telling us over the course of his career as a bugle correspondent no no it is uh, it is not uh, it is not working and it's good of them to, to, to bury it on a day when the rest of the world isn't paying attention because it's stuffing its face with food well it's low pressure isn't it yes and also, uh, this is the feast day of Saint Anastasia of Sirmium, the Christian saint who died on the 25th of December, 304. So her feast day is the 25th of December. That is a shit day to have your feast day as a saint. Talk about being overshadowed by your boss. That is bad move, Anastasia. Should have held on at least one day. As always, a section of the Bueller is going straight in the bin. Not the bin this week. It's going straight in the Christmas stocking. In the stocking. <laughs> This week. Wait, well, are those interchangeable to you? Well, the bin and the st- I, I, I once got a bin in my Christmas stocking. I got a wicker frog-shaped bin because our grandmother had made us such big Christmas stockings. Our mum had to fill them with things like inflated balloons just so they didn't seem empty. And one year I got a bin. What, what do you what do you mean our mother had to fill them helen surely that was santa claus himself she she um, works for him part-time all right okay oh that's good that's good we we have this uh, dispute every year uh in uh, in my family that uh my wife uh fervently believes from a, a more orthodox christian tradition that the entire stocking is given by santa claus whereas, hell no uh, divorce uh well of course uh you and me helen growing up in the judeo-christian tradition one present from santa claus <laughs> and the rest from the local rabbi um <laughs> Um, uh, the section, uh, well, it is, as discussed, the Christianico pagan festival of Christmas, renowned for its family bonding, rapacious commercialism, indoor forestry, easily smashable decorations, uneaten cake and shouting children. Now, obviously, all buglers, we know that you'll be down on your bendy knees thanking Jupiter for giving you his only son, Santa Claus, to save you from the sin of having enough money for anything in January. But what about those non-believers who like to jump on the Christmas bandwagon and get some free swag from you lot anyway? Well, we give uh, here... Well, uh, the section in the stocking this week, last-minute Christmas gifts. Things to go out and emergency-nickly buy when you realise that you need an extra present. We look at pogo socks. Do you need... (laughs) to find space to put away all those unwanted Christmas gifts on the top of tall wardrobes or in a high-up cupboard or on the top of some high shelves, then the Boingtech Pogo Socks could be just what you need. Using technology perfected on the Pogo Stick, the Pogo Socks in-sock springers can boing you up to nine feet in the air without the inconvenience of having to pick up a stick. Not recommended for use in low-ceilinged houses, not verified for use by the NBA or the IAAF. Also, we look at the wireless 3D wooden log. Are you cold? (laughs) Then setting fire to a wooden log could be just what you need this winter. This all-new wireless, three-dimension, genuine wood wooden log burns when on fire to produce warming winter warmth for all the family. (laughs) Wi-Fi compatible. So uh, that section uh, in the bin. 
Top story this week, Bugle 2017 Awards. My award for the icon of 2017 is... I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's see if we can guess. Is it because there's been a lot of significant global figures around the world who've brought a lot of happiness, brought a lot of unhappiness to this planet. Is it Roger Federer, Helen? And if not, you've got it wrong. It's not the Fed. <laughs> Chris, leave your football shit at home. Alice, who do you reckon it is? My uh, suggestion for icon of the year would be uh, Australian Senator Barnaby Joyce, who uh, came out with uh, the, a very Australian statement in response to gay marriage about right. crocodiles. Incorrect. Well, what was that statement? He said, uh, everyone's entitled to their sexual proclivities. Let a thousand blossoms bloom, as far as I'm concerned, with a sort of increasing panic. And then he just turned <laughs> on a dime and said, but I'm not spending any more time on it because every three months in far north Queensland, a man gets torn to pieces by a crocodile. <laughs> what, because of the gays? <laughs> no, just because of the crocodiles. He wanted oh, to get see, off right. the gays as quickly as humanly oh, possible. So he wasn't blaming the gays for the crocodiles eating people. He just didn't like, he just didn't like talking about feelings. Oh, right. So okay. he went straight to crocodiles. <laughs> Helen, who then is your icon of 2017? My icon of 2017 is a man in China called Kai. He's 28. He was recently fined a thousand yen for repainting traffic lines because he said he was very frustrated about his daily bus journey to work. He said... (laughs) Um, the, there was, it's a three-lane situation, middle lane straight ahead, side lanes off to the sides. He said, I saw the straight lane was always packed with cars, while the lane that turns left has a lot of space. So I thought changing the signs would make my commute smoother. So he just got there on the road, painted another arrow in the left lane so you can go forward. And the reason why he's my icon of 2017 is he saw that something which had been established did not fit in with his version of the world, and so he changed it to his own ends. <laughs> Isn't that just what Donald Trump is doing, Helen? Well, and that's yet you why, seem to be complaining about him. That's why Kai is the 2017 icon. Oh, I see, right. So it's like the Time magazine person of the year. It's not necessarily someone who's who's been good for the planet. So you're saying Kai is basically responsible for everything that's gone wrong in the Middle East. Sure. I mean, if he painted okay. lines all over that, then maybe people were getting in, in into each other's borders. Maybe that's the problem with the roadmap for peace. It's not the roadmap that's the problem. <laughs> it's, it's the, the signage. signs on the road. I just want, yeah, a nice big sign that says terrorists this way and it just takes them straight down a chute. <laughs> that, that is the problem with terrorists, though. They don't always obey simple instructions. Uh, so if they can't really deal with the please don't kill everyone uh, rule, then road <laughs> road signs are going to be tricky for them. So that is, uh, he is the uh, Bugle Icon of the Year, the road painting man from China. Alice, what is your award for the year? My award is uh, uh, similar to the Spirit of the Time Award of the Year in that it is uh, not for a person, it is for a significant figure, which is to say the penis. And <laughs> this year has been the, the year of the penis. 30,000th year running. <laughs> <laughs> but this year, importantly, Helen, is the year of the exposed penis. And when I say the exposed penis, I mean the exposure of the exposed penis as a form of uh, transactional leverage in business. I get it. Business is awkward. If we could all just establish our status in a situation like Gibbons do, things would be so much easier to understand. I know how many times I've had to restrain myself from slinging my flaps out in a boardroom. <laughs> Or over lunch just to demonstrate goodwill to a sexy middle-aged boss. Right. 
Is that why you left the world of corporate law, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> left slash thrown out, Andy. What? <laughs> it's all details. <laughs> and penises. The uh, the year of the the penis. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think. Um, well, most most men were born in the Chinese year of the penis. I think, which, as you say, has been every year. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a difficult year for the exposed uh, the exposed penis. Uh, any 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 hope for the future? Is it going to mount a comeback, Alice? Uh, I think that it, it will, as ever, hopeful rise again, the penis. But um, uh, oh, I have an, a sort of an instructional, I have an instructional sort of mnemonic for people. If you know the tune of Kenny Rogers' Gamblers, you just have to know when to hold it, know when to fold it, know when to walk away, and know when to run. Um, but I, I, uh, I just think generally, as a rule of thumb, unless you are a, a male stripper, Business context, penis is never a good idea. Right. Just f- file that. Tell you who I blame for it. I blame the CERN Abbas giant uh, in, uh, <laughs> in Dorset. So that a is a, example. a harassment lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the past, the penis has always been behind the scenes, driving male motivation. Everything in male human history was built by boners and spite. But... Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's good to... What a to... double act they were, by the way, back in the, 19... <laughs> back in the 1930s. Second only to Laurel and Hardy. I think it's a good thing that we've drawn back the veil on this, uh, on this penis fuel. My award for the year is Transaction of the Year. And this really is a story for me that encapsulates the entire world of 2017. It's the one incident that should be blasted into space in a time capsule to be discovered by future alien civilizations. And this is a story of the millionaire Chinese online writer who spent £7,600 on a dram of whiskey in a hotel bar in Switzerland, only to discover that it was, in fact, fake whiskey. <laughs> The alleged uh, 17th century vintage whisky transpired to be a bogus 1970s lie. A big, bogus, boozy baloney of bottled bullshit. If we cannot trust 7,600-pound tots of whisky in Swiss hotels, what can we trust in this world? Are there no heroes anymore? Uh, To be fair, the owner of the hotel, in a blast of honesty, not everyone in the news this year would necessarily have replicated. Uh, He had the whiskey analysed, discovered that it was indeed fake, and flew to China to personally reimburse the buyer, who we must hope instantly spent £7,600 on a solid gold gherkin instead. Now, a number of questions arose from this story. For example, is it philosophically possible, Helen and Alice, to enjoy sipping 3.7 millilitres of liquid at a cost of just over £2 per cubic millimetre, without thinking to yourself, can I resist the temptation to ask for a squirt of coke in this just to see the look on the barman's face? (laughs) (laughs) Can you convince yourself that your precious morsel of liquefied history is 7,600 times nicer than a shot of cheap vodka during happy hour at your local student bar, that this one mouthful of whiskey is justifiably worth that money when you could instead have bought 76,000 pencils for your local school or saved 760 endangered Saharan penguins, a bargain investment at a tenner a year, or paid for 17% of a new bathroom 
for British Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt, uh, who was a close second in most ludicrous expenditure of the year for his <coughs> 40 grand pisser. Anyway, this story, for me, combined everything you could possibly want to exemplify this famous planet of ours in 2017. The rising influence of China, people making stupid money on the internet, people spending that stupid money made on the internet on ridiculous expenditure on needless luxury items, people then writing internet posts in which they tell the world about their stupid <coughs> expenditure on needless luxury items, and something being fake. Fake, 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 fake. It's all fake. Fake, 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 fake. The booze is fake because so much of the booze is fake. Did he still get drunk on it? What was this made out of? Was it diluted Coke? Was it well, thin gravy? It, uh, was it barley water? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I think it was the, I don't know, the liquefied spirits of angels. It also involved the use of a scientific laboratory to investigate something of less than pressing importance to the betterment of humanity. Come on, science, raise the bar. It involved a needless flight somewhere just to keep the environment aware of who's boss. Uh, and it involved alcohol. Uh, what more could you want from a story about the world this year? It's also a story about when China and Switzerland meet, which is basically the future of the planet as far as I'm concerned. Bugle Christmas news now. Alice, you are the official Bugle Christmas correspondent. Uh, what, what have you got for us on Christmas news? According to Google, the UK is the country most obsessed with Christmas, according yes! to their search statistics. Uh, they claim that Brit- people in Britain make more Christmas searches than anywhere else in the world. And I understand the urge to Google Christmas. Christmas is entirely inexplicable. It's a <laughs> haphazard mashup of pagan traditions, Christian messaging and capitalist greed. What even is it? What is Christmas pudding? I will tell you, Christmas pudding is the classic Christmas dessert. You take milk, eggs, some pleasantly defanged feudal traditions, orange rind, fake snow, sultanas, goodwill to mankind and some weird chewy bits, boil it for 14 <laughs> hours and set it on fire while someone has a fight with their cousin. <laughs> Christmas is where spending the time with your family that you always tell yourself you wanted but somehow spent a whole year avoiding, you realise that you have engendered a self-protective misanthropy bordering on complete emotional blankness in the face of the constant incomprehensible stimulus that is a constantly connected and exposed modern world driven by temporary disposable goal-oriented dopamine-dispensing social media notifications. <laughs> wow, that is a r- radical updating of the Scrooge story there. That's uh, That's... <laughs> Superb. So, but we are the we're the best Christmas nation in the in the world. You are. I mean, yeah. you 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 do That's... the you do the whole thing. You do the pre- eating too much so you can pretend you still have food seasonal food security concerns. Like it's a it's a fantastic tradition. I think the whole thing is uh, truly ridiculous. But you are a militant Buddhist, so I'm a militant <laughs> Every, Buddhist, and I was everything up in seems Australia. truly ridiculous. In Australia, there's nothing like watching fake plastic snow melting in 40 degree heat. It's the uh, Christmas in Australia is the only time good family fun involves standing around watching a sweating man strapped to a pillow in a bad fake beard desperately try to act like that's not a creepy thing to do around children (laughs) while simultaneously inviting them to sit on his knee and tell him secrets. That was British children's television throughout the 70s. Helen, uh, what's uh, what's Los Angeles like at, at Christmas? I'm guessing there's not a huge amount of uh, natural snowfall. Um, it's a uh, it's it's palm trees with uh, tinsel around them, Andy. What right. could be more festive than that? That's that's what they had in Bethlehem. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, it's probably more more realistic. In uh, some interesting other Christmas news, um, a special report has just come out, uh, which is quite interesting, this. Uh, Despite traditional wisdom suggesting that uh, turkeys uh, would not vote for Christmas, a new opinion poll... (laughs) It's not up for vote. 
There's not a <laughs> referendum on Christmas. Well, that's people always say Turkeys don't vote for Christmas. Well, uh, America I mean, voted for Trump. Well, exactly. A new opinion poll suggests that a majority of turkeys are, in fact, in favour of the festival, um, which is quite an interesting. Interesting. I mean, particularly in the in the current age of democratic upheaval that we live in, the Bugle spoke exclusively. Uh, on this, to Ron Wattlechops, the spokes turkey for the British Poultry Party. Andy, Christmas gives us a profile in Britain that we would not otherwise enjoy. Sure, there is a bit of an issue with the whole death rate thing, but at least people are taking notice of turkeydom. The rest of the year, people just think we are wonky, overgrown chickens with serious fitness issues. Besides, if it wasn't for Christmas, many of us wouldn't even be here to have the chance to vote on it in the first place. Uh, but Ron, it seems odd that that, that, that you and, uh, and your, your fellow turkeys should be in favour of something that ostensibly seems to have such a negative effect on your species. Andy, we know this is not just about us. I know it's not trendy these days, but we turkeys vote for the overall good of everyone, not just ourselves. And Christmas is not only good for the economy, but it is also an important time of the year for social and family bonding in an increasingly atomized country and world. If it so happens that this necessitates the mechanized slaughter of millions of us turkeys, then we have to stop thinking of ourselves first. Is that still allowed in the polling station in Britain? You humans are voting yourself to your own democratic demise, and yet you give us all this shit about whether or not we <coughs> vote for fucking Christmas. You make me fucking sick, you gluttonous, hypocritical narcissists. Now give me that corn and grasshopper salad you promised, or I'm going to shit on your sound recorder, you fucking dick. Ron. Thank you for talking to the bugle. <laughs> Strong, strongly expressed opinions from from Ron there. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's important to hear the other side of these things. In ISIS Christmas news, The Sun, well, it's more bad journalism news, but The Sun has published a top-notch piece of terror-mongering in, <laughs> entitled ISIS thugs post bizarre image of beheaded Santa Claus as terror groups vow to launch Christmas attacks. Uh... So the sun has brought out a range of terrifying images which are from the ISIS publicity. I don't know what their mailing list is like, but uh, just in case you didn't know how afraid you should be while in the midst of your Christmas dinner, they've uh, said that jihadis have called on lone wolf attackers to target ordinary families in their homes at Christmas, which uh, I think statistically the terror of Christmas is entirely adequate unto itself. I don't think we need to worry about people bombing our homes. I think we need to worry about buying Christmas presents for people we don't like that they won't like and and games of resentful relationship-destroying monopoly and drunken grabby aunts vomiting off the edge of the rand into the kiddie pool. So we need to worry about capitalism invading our homes, not bombers. In some Christmases, a terror attack would be a welcome relief, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, also at Christmas, we're used to strange bearded men bursting into our houses unexpectedly. <laughs> Bugle naughty news uh, now. And uh, interestingly, uh, as well as Britain being the uh, the nation that uh, searches Christmas the most on the internet, as Alice revealed, uh, apparently Christmas is the horniest time of the year. As the song goes, it's the most horny time of the year um and um uh, uh and 
to mark this, uh, you as our naughty news correspondent have a, a, a couple of stories for us. Yes, uh, in naughty fish news, there is a species of fish that gathers once a year for a reproductive orgy that is so loud that nearby sea mammals are in danger of permanent hearing loss. <laughs> <laughs> this is Where the f- was this on the blue planet Attenborough? Raise your game, mate. It's, he had to he had to run away, otherwise his ears would have been shot. Um <laughs> The Gulf Corvina fish. Oh sorry, the dog is just howling. <laughs> was, was that not one of the fish? Let's keep that sound effect in. That's that a little too on the nose. Um The Gulf Corvina Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nat- the natural world satirising itself, live on the bugle. <laughs> you might have noticed, listeners, that Helen is not technically in a recording studio in Los Angeles. Well, the, the en- I am, but the engineer is canine. Oh, right. <laughs> She's running wild with a pack of wolves. Everyone goes to LA to chase a dream, even dogs. What a working show is. <laughs> Work your way She's up from the bottom, Five million a year. She's the best engineer. <laughs> this is the Gulf, the Gulf Corvina fish. Uh, several million Gulf Corvina fish gather in the northern part of the Gulf of California in Mexico, and the male's mating call sounds like machine guns. <laughs> um, up to 190 decibels. So just remember. So just wow. imagine the sound of millions of fishy machine guns firing at the same time. Apparently one of the loudest wildlife events on planet Earth and the loudest sound ever recorded for fish. <laughs> My God, what, happen- what happens when, when those Corvina fish watch the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan? That was absolutely nuts. <laughs> um, but here's the, uh, here's the downside of this. Because right, okay. the fish are so loud... There's a downside, yep. There's a downside... Because the fish are so loud, fishing boats know exactly where they are and just come oh, along no. and scoop up a couple of million of them at a time. So uh, the species is, ironically, dwindling because of its mating call. <laughs> <laughs> that is a superb piece of, uh, of on-the-spot uh, wildlife reportage, Helen. Thank um, you very much. In other rude news... Some people in Stafford, Virginia, requested a joke when they were ordering a pizza online and there's the box to fill in for special instructions, which should include absolutely no pineapple. <laughs> and <laughs> Testify. And so uh, the Pizza Hut delivery person did uh, accordingly write a joke inside the lid of the box. And here's the joke. What do a pizza delivery driver and a gynaecologist have in common? Would you care to guess the punchline? Right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Is it? But they don't. Hygiene enjoy... is important. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't particularly enjoy talking about their work at family gatherings. <laughs> uh, Something punch... about looking inside boxes. That would have been better than the real one. The real right, one what's is the real one. They both have to smell it, but neither of them get to eat it. Oh. Right. And that employee was fired. Fired. <laughs> I would have gone with absolutely no pineapple in either, please. Yes. <laughs> also a fair point. That seems a bit harsh on the employee. So he was requested to write a joke. She. A lady she. came... Yeah. Oh. It's a lady oh, joke. Right. Yeah. It's a lady... Oh, there you go. That's, yeah. uh, this can be rude too. Right. Yeah. That, this is why women shouldn't try comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll end up getting fired from pizza companies. It's too dangerous. 
Yeah. Uh, but you could use that as a gift wrap inspiration for your Christmas presents. The only three appropriate gifts at Christmas are gold, frankincense and myrrh. Although, actually, uh, not many people know this, but it's gold, frankincense's monster and myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for the concluding instalments of the Bugle Advent Calendar of Lies. Well, we got up to the 22nd of December last week, so just uh, two days to go. Although we do have a bonus for the 25th. A bonus, uh, I know a traditional Advent Calendar's only got up to the 24th, but uh, you're getting a 25th as well. Anyway, here it is, 23rd of December. The Queen this year is set to give her first live Christmas speech. Since 1956, ever since then they've been pre-recorded, just in case. Because in 1956 she did it live, and after a very boozy Christmas lunch, she did the whole thing in a rather incoherent 25-minute game of charades with the official royal cameraman, Sir Prometheus Herring Jinkleton, uh, which didn't get much further than that Suez crisis was a bit shit before uh, they ran out of tape. Uh, on the uh, the 24th of December, let's open up the door and see what's in the, the big one. On the 24th, the end of Christmas traditionally falls on the 6th of January, the 12th day of Christmas, as the song famously goes. The reason for Christmas ending then is because this was the date on the 6th of January in the year 1 AD that a national newspaper in the Holy Land, the Daily Grail, ran the first body-shaming article about the Virgin Mary struggling to recapture her pre-birth figure, and that was considered the end of Christmas. Uh, and this is for the 25th of December. The traditional boozy Christmas drink of eggnog, traditionally by tradition, represents the holy seed-filled seminal manslaughter. That cannot be right. Hang on, I'm going to have to fact-check fact that. Oh, no, sorry, that is, that is not, that's not true. But I, can't, I can't end the lies with that. That's a... That's a double lie. Right, let's let, let's move on. Christmas food news now, and uh, Scluton Malvane, the uh, multiple Michelin-starred celebrity chef, uh, has uh, opened up his latest seasonal pop-up restaurant. Malvane, of course, well known for his um, many Michelin-starred eateries, including Golden Gut Rot in Copenhagen, the Twerking Lobster in New York. Um, <laughs> Bugs Bunnies, the triple-starred rabbit and edible insect-themed restaurant in the Clackett Lane services on the M25 south of London, and uh, and of course the Crabattoir, a seafood emporium where diners have to have to have to slaughter their own shellfish. Well, this is the latest religious-themed festival uh, outlet or festaurant, uh, as he calls them. Um, he's uh, previously, of course, done uh, uh, his smoked fish speciality cafe, Yum Kipper. Uh, he's done. He's done uh, Diwali Eats and uh, Ramen for Ramadan, which didn't have ideal opening hours from a commercial point of view. And, of course, uh, his uh, his high-end crucifixion-themed fish-and-chip restaurant in the Vatican called My Cod, My Cod, Fry Has Trout Forced Hake On Me. Um, anyway, um, so don't worry, listeners. There's uh, I can't really add any more time to the time I've already got in the concentric hells I'll be appearing in post-club popping. <laughs> But this is his, uh, his latest Christmas pop-up following on from last year's very successful Jingle Bowls, which is very spicy, <laughs> damn tasty, but played merry havoc with your insides. Uh, this this year is Christmas pop-up entitled Three Wise Menus. And um, and uh, let's just give uh, producer Chris a little credit for that, for coming no. up with the title of the restaurant. <laughs> um, uh, you have to choose from the three Christmas menus uh, from the following main courses. Nativity of newborn sausage saviours served in a mushroom manger attended by well-watched stocks of donkey with an angelic prediction of lamb hotly pursued by Herod the Grapes birthed beneath a star of prescient bread risen in the yeast. Uh, or you can choose panic-slain firstborn of turkey slowly baptised in a Jesu vide 
appearing above an immaculate consomme served with Magi three ways, Gasparcho, <laughs> Balthasania, and uh, milk, Milky Horse. Um, <laughs> Served with a flight into Egypt's, uh, or you can choose uh, <laughs> God. gold, the gold frankincense and myrrh dish, golden delish, delicious apple ketchup squirted onto a flame incensed frankfurter with a myrtle infused meringue. Um, uh, for dessert, <laughs> for dessert you can choose uh, angelies on high scream, uh, gooseberry gazebreels, or a chocolate moussaya. Uh, cheese, of course, is uh, virgin camemberts. And um, to drink wine and tea, but it's listed in French, divinity, 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 anyway. How can you live with yourself? (laughs) Well, Helen, you had, had, well, about 15 months of of living with me. Um, Yeah, being outside of your mind is bad enough, but being in it, I can't even imagine. It's time now for the Bugle Audience Christmas uh, Twitter question and answer session. Thanks to those who uh, sent in uh, questions with the hashtag uh, Bugle Christmas. Uh, This came from Leah, who asks, uh, for my hashtag Bugle Christmas present, can we have the beeps replaced with a festive sound? Chris? Yeah. uh, Are you you all over this? Yeah, totally. I mean, have you got a preference yourselves? Well, uh, what I want you to do is just, yeah, Christmas this up. Go (coughs) fuck yourself, you bunch of (coughs) fucking kids. (laughs) Not, nice about, work. Nice work, Chris. What about just a big burp? The, the ad is the true sign of Christmas. I mean, probably because Mary did probably burp Jesus quite soon after he was uh, his first his first feed. That's You never hear about that bit of the, the, the first Christmas story, do you? What, Jesus' meconium? <laughs> uh, I've got a question from Lily Ann. Can we rename hashtag Bugle Christmas to hashtag Bugle F.U. Christmas? Uh, yes, the new <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> it's felt like that for about eight years for me. <laughs> Consider that. Consider that done. Anthony asks, can the Bugle finally acknowledge the existence of Malta? Oh, well, I do not ex- acknowledge Malta as existing. I mean, it's, what is uh, that? What are we talking yeah, exactly. about? You're just what like, making up words. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no proof that Malta exists. Absolutely none. Except for the malt loaf. And uh, yeah, teasers. Good. Yeah, they're made from the beach, the chocolate beach pebbles of the Maltese. <laughs> um, Dean Scriven wants to know, Alice, is it true that in Australia, since it's a summer holiday there, it isn't reindeer that traditionally pull Santa's sleigh, but flamingos? <laughs> no, Dean, no, it is not true. It's not true. It's not true. And I do not understand why, having expressed a dislike for flamingos, people are attempting to connect with me on a human level by constantly giving me flamingo gifts. Oh, how do you think I feel with everyone going, oh, puns are brilliant, aren't they, though, Helen? They have to admit that they're brilliant. (laughs) You don't know what it's like, Alice. Right. We had to flee the country to get rid of them. Um, This uh, came from Jennifer, uh, who says... Could you do a high ed shout out for my dad? That would be great. My mum just hit his Hi Ed. My mum just hit his Let me finish, Chris. My mum just hit his car this morning in their driveway. Any <laughs> <laughs> Christmas distraction very much welcomed. <laughs> well maybe you should start a fire on the other side of the driveway. That'll yeah. take their minds off the car. 
Uh, Ian Hall asks, any plans to do more live shows and in different places around the UK? Well, Ian, uh, there are more Bugle live shows after New Year, uh, 18th of January at Leicester Square Theatre, uh, starring Alice Fraser, uh, who you may have heard yeah. of if you've been listening to the rest of this show and several other Bugles. And the 22nd of February, featuring Nish Kumar, there'll be uh, another guest at each of those shows as well. Around the UK, uh, currently no plans for live Bugles, but uh, my satirist for hire tour... We'll be taking in uh, many places around the UK and indeed Ireland from the 13th of January onwards. Uh, details at andyzoltzman.co.uk and uh, my Soho Theatre show, uh, Andy Zoltzman's 2017 The Certifiable History, also featuring uh, Alice, has been extended despite public de- due to public demand. Oh, I, I can't <laughs> say due to public. I mean, it simply isn't true. I think someone pulled out they had a gap. But anyway, it's been extended and we can pretend it's due to public demand even though it patently isn't. So please come along. We're doing extra shows from the 9th to the 12th of January. Um, See me and- in a variety of bad disguises. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> So please try to make those shows less empty than they may be uh, and do come to the other shows as well. So we've got the 20, uh, we got up till the 23rd before Christmas, if you're listening to this uh, immediately, then the 28th to the 30th, then the 2nd to the 6th and the 9th to the 12th of January. I'm doing a show on the 12th of January at SF Sketchfest. So you you, go. you've probably got just about enough time to go to Andy's show at the Soho, get on a plane to San Francisco, <laughs> get to my show, because it's not on till 10pm. Right. And the time difference is in your favour. You're going to need a f***ing <coughs> fast plane. But, you know, let's... Yeah, can you, like, recommission Concorde to do sure. that? Sure. I mean, what's yeah. it doing? Just sitting around watching television. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> my, my birthday's the 7th of January. That's good. All right. Also, after, uh, coincidentally, the birthday of my twin brother. <laughs> oh, well, what well, the chance of that happening? That must be something to do with genetics. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for your, your Christmas uh, Christmas questions. Uh, do keep your emails coming in for future Bugles to hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com. I just wanted to say thank you uh, for right. steering this ship through the years, like right. a paternal ship's captain in one of those polar fleeces. Right. Uh, Felice Navidad. Felice right. Navy Dad. Oh, right. oh okay. dear God. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Who's been forced to drag decommissioned ordnance through the snowy waters of the North Atlantic. You have to do a missile tow. No? Right. Wow. Wow. Okay, I'll stop, Andy. This, it is a time is, for it's charity. A, it's, it's a time it's a for giving. I would like to recommend everyone towards water charities, particularly in remote rural villages that don't have access to bore water. You know the ones. The ones with Noel, Noel. No well, no very good. Well. No, I like that one. That uh, that's that's strong. Oh, stop! That's, that's enough. I, well, I, I, I feel I... charitable towards Helen at this point. Right. Okay. Oh, well, I, I mean... it's all right. I've I've dropped off the Skype call just for my okay. own safety. You can walk the dog. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, before we we wrap up, um, uh, the <laughs> Middle East, of course, of significant. A significant part of the world at this time of year has uh, this week told Donald Trump to go <coughs> to himself, um, essentially. In fact, the, the UN uh, has told Donald Trump to go <coughs> to himself on behalf of, uh, of of the Middle East. And it seems to me that we can't leave this region in such a state of dispute at this, uh, this important time of year as we approach the year's end. Uh, so I'm now launching the official Bugle charity, Puns for Peace. Um, because <laughs> if human discourse cannot solve this problem, then maybe contrived wordplay can and uh in fact a singer songwriter a friend of mine did a tour of concerts in aid of uh, the peace process he did a show in many of the places in the holy land involved in biblical events um, he had great backing vocals uh, he introduced them at the first gig i'm honored to be joined on stage by miss ditto the lead singer from gossip and a former lead singer of oasis beth liam uh, and he has as a, 
He also had a tribute act as support, uh, man uh, and uh, woman impersonating a successful American married couple duo from the 1960s and 70s, famous for their hit single, I Got You Babe. Uh, They weren't great. Uh, They were okay. She didn't really cut the mustard. The Sunny was authentic, but she was a bit of a phony share. Phony share. Phony share. Phony (coughs) share. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. I'll take that as a happy Christmas. Spice Girls were big fans of his, of course. One of them, Ginger, used to hang around when he was getting ready to go on stage. He found it very distracting. On more than one occasion, I heard him shout, Jerry, go! Uh, She wasn't happy. Uh, She wanted a drink. Give me a beer, she barked. Uh, No? Okay. Uh, Part of the dressing room uh, rider. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He had an amazing dressing room rider, mostly mostly just things in vinegar to help sharpen the vocal calls. A kilo of gherkins, a kilo of pickled onions, an amazing amount of olives. Um, he did this uh, one song about what Jesus would think of today's world, uh, with an oblique hint about America helping humans ascend to the heavens in rockets and shuttles. Very subtle. I said to him afterwards, nice NASA ref. <laughs> Oh, don't laugh! Well, uh, Stop enabling him! Never had uh, never had commercial success, though. Got him down towards the end of the tour. And it's not going well. Emmaus well give up, he said. I tried to perk him up. Mate, there are a good 200, 300 people at the show. Really, he said, having just bitten his tongue while eating an egg. That's more than it looked. 300? I wouldn't have guessed them any. <laughs> oh, God. I wouldn't have guessed Well, I no longer fear the world's total destruction. (laughs) Anyway, I love music, he said. I never tire of it. Uh, His fans fans loved it, though. He did an encore. They called out for the song where he makes the whole crowd shout their favourite swear word out at the same time. Go on, they shouted. Do Damascus! (laughs) Damascus? Damascus? Right. The tour was so long, uh, his girlfriend left him. Uh, she left the area on a recreation of a medieval warship. He was on the shore as, he w- as we watched the galley leave. Uh, he clung to me, uh, weeping. I can still fill his tears. Um, You've got to move on from her, I said. Lid her go. I mean, I'm not getting to the really obscure places uh, <laughs> here. But, um, but anyway, he was hoping that he'd get a New Year's honour, but uh, he didn't. He said, I was really disappointed, Andy. I wanted some palace time. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he asked me if... Uh, uh, well, I mean, he, 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 he lost it a bit. Uh, he um, he he, uh, uh, he smoked too much pot, to be honest. He was a bit of a caner. Um, but uh, he did ask me, as a British uh, British person, if I had any regrets over the way we conducted witchcraft trials in North America in the late 17th century. Jerusalem, he said. Jerusalem, <laughs> Jerusalem. No. Right, we're done, we're done. That's Christmas. Hard no. Christmas. Bag you ruined Christmas. Dead. You ruined Christmas. Helen, I, I edited half of the puns out just for you. I mean, the River Jordan one was outstanding, but it's never going to be heard now. And I even did a, C- <laughs> I even did a Caesarea Philippi one, which well, I mean took a lot of setup. I mean, we're looking at a two-minute setup for that. But that's, I uh, mean, that's gone. You do for Babylon, just- Andy. Oh, very good. Right off the top of my head, that one. <laughs> oh, fighting fire with fire. <laughs> uh, Helen, I think. Um, well, consider that because uh, you're not you're not going to be with us for Christmas this year, and uh, consider that my Christmas gift to you. To yeah, I'm feeling all right now joy. with the uh, five thousand mile distance between us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the Bugle uh, Christmas special. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you didn't switch off during the last five minutes, um, we will be back uh, next week with a bonus sub episode with some uh, outstanding extras, stroke highlights of this year and previous years. Uh, and we'll be back in the new year with another regular bugle don't forget that live bugle on the 18th of January come and see my Soho show go and see Helen on the 12th of January in San Francisco uh, and go and see Alice well also in my show and indeed also in Andy's show and I'm doing a new show on the 1st of January and 7th of January get your birthday presents ready oh yes (laughs) 
Birth, birthday flamingo pictures to Alice's Twitter feed on the 7th of January. <laughs> no pineapples, please. Uh, thank you for listening, Buglers. Until next time, goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.